0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. All right. My guest today is probably going to make you laugh. She probably makes you laugh on Instagram. If you are on Instagram, big time adulting, Caitlin Murray, one of the most hilarious follows over there. Um, She just brings honest, hilarious commentary on the everyday mundane life of motherhood. That what it is sometimes. Um, And she's always super funny and spot on with what she's talking about. She also dances a lot, which is fun, too. She has three kids, and she's a stay-at-home mom, though her big-time adulting platform has turned into be quite a success, and she talks to us about what her visions are for that in the future. I asked her if she wanted to do stand-up. Comedy because she's just so freaking funny, and uh, I'll let I'll let you listen to hear her answer to that. There are some curse words in this podcast. I know I usually don't get through an episode without any, but um, you know, if that's something that bothers you, maybe uh, you know earmuff the kids. We talk about that too, though. I'm always interested to hear people's takes on on curse words and how they feel about that in front of their kids, and if their kids say say bad words, I'm like, we make such a big deal about words and. You know, last night when we were watching the hockey game, one of my kids was dropping some some cuss words, some words, and I thought, all right, well, whatever. They're just they're excited about the hockey game. Uh I'm curious what you guys think about that though. I'm curious how you handle that kind of stuff in in your family. Uh Caitlin also has her own podcast called Big Time Adulting. Uh her son is a cancer survivor a few years ago. Her oldest son was diagnosed with leukemia and we talk about that time in her life a little bit in this episode, and the decision to become a stay-at-home mom. She has three kids, and if you just want an, like an honest look at motherhood and someone to relate to, and you're and you're not already following her, go follow Big Time Adulting on Instagram. All right. So if you enjoy this episode of the podcast or any of the episodes you've listened to on why is everyone yelling, if you could leave a quick rating and review, that would be a huge help in potential new listeners finding us. Um, Also just simply sharing it on your social media channels. uh, That is helpful as well. And I appreciate it so much. If you'd like to support this podcast, You can go to patreon.com slash lindseyhine and support for as little as $1 a month. That's essentially like a quarter a listen, right? If you get four to five episodes a month. Uh, All right, friends. I am so grateful you're here. I'm grateful for Caitlin's time. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Caitlin. All right, friends. Today we have Caitlin Murray on the show. Big time adulting, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Listen, I saw your post that you've got a situation going on at your house with some lice.
1: Oh, yeah. For the love of God. This is my first experience with life with lice in my entire life. So obviously my filthy children gave it to me. Of course. Um, But yeah, it's quite the extravaganza. Uh, (laughs) There's a, a lice clinic near uh like 25 minutes away from where my house is so there are these like th- it's been a very hot topic this week by the way my entire my son's entire class has lice basically oh so it's a full-on outbreak situation going on here um but yeah you you do this like treatment with heat on the head for like 45 minutes and then they comb you out and then they put this oil on you that like suffocates the lice and they put this shower cap on you and you've got Got like oil dripping all over you <laughs> for an hour, and then um, you just kind of wait and see. You know, it's kind of like having the stomach bug, but real bugs. Oh my real
0: gosh!
1: Bugs. Yeah, it's disgusting.
0: I had it as a kid. I remember my mom like combing through my hair, but we haven't we haven't had yeah. that in the hind house. Yet, yeah. Yeah. So. Lucky you. Thoughts and prayers. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um. All right. So big time adulting. You might be the most requested guest for this podcast.
1: Wow. That's, I mean, I'm shocked. Thanks.
0: I mean, so many people are like, have you had this girl on your show yet? And like people that I, you know, was close to years ago that I like don't talk to very often now, even though like text me and they'll be like, you have to have this girl on your podcast. So you are nice. Yeah. You're making people laugh like all around the country and world. Oh,
1: well, thank you. I try to do that. I try to make people laugh. I make myself laugh, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell us where the genesis of, of your platform came from.
1: Yeah, um, so, you know, I get that question a lot. I started off um, writing about an experience that I was going through with my son, um, who he is now uh, nine and a half years old, but he was diagnosed with leukemia when he was three. Um, you know, that's every parent's worst nightmare. Um, incredibly scary horrific situation to have to go through much worse than lice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I'll take lice any day. And so, uh, you know, I just found like writing about him to be a very cathartic experience and it wasn't, you know, really, it really wasn't about him as much as like me and how I was feeling going through all of it. And I was sharing it with family and friends and there was a, um, Editor who lived in our town, um, or maybe she's a literary, I mean, whatever. Don't ask me to be like in the know about anything. So <laughs>
0: um,
1: she reached out to me about the blog, and then I think it was sort of at the point where she. I expressed the interest in it to her publisher, and she was like, "Well, this is fine, but this girl does not have a following. Mm. You know, there's no following." So um, I was like, "You know what? Maybe I'll just I'll try to get a following." So I started my Instagram page, and and that's where it all sort of stemmed from. And I haven't. I mean, I do talk about my son and what has gone on with him. I'm very open about it. I talk about it with anyone who wants to ask. We do a lot of fundraising for pediatric cancer um, research and, um, but that is not the premise of the page. You know, it's a lot of like my life experience as a mother. And, you know, I think from pain and painful situations, we, um, you know, express ourselves differently. And, and one of the ways I like to express myself is through humor. And, um, so I think that's sort of the way that it all transpired. So in a sense, like this you know, what has come to me via Instagram in terms of finding like a, basically a new profession and and job and all of this, um, as a result of a horrible thing that my son went through.
0: I'm so curious when someone goes through something as traumatic as that, like, you know, in your whole account is like a lot of the premises, like this fucking sucks. This is hard. Like, you know, even though you're obviously a grateful human at the same time, like I always think like, how perspective shifts when we've been through something like what you went through with your son. And I'm assuming you still walk through that in parts of your life. Um, And are you ever like, "Uh, why do I think this is hard? Like the lice when I went through this. I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Not like suffering, comparing suffering, but do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: I do. Yeah, I totally know what you're trying to say. It's funny because I always feel like people you know, maybe when my son was going through what he was going through, they would say something like, but I can't, like, I can't complain about that because you're going through so Mm -hmm. much. And that's not true. Like whatever problem is in front of you at the moment is the biggest problem that you're facing that day or during that time. And it's all valid. Um, Now, I think that like the reason why I'm also able to like laugh a lot about things like lice is because (laughs) it's not the end of the world. You know, it's just like, it's a pain in the ass. It is a fucking pain in the ass. But like, I could joke about that. You know, it's not really going to ruin, ruin me. It's not even, it's not even ruining my day. I actually had fun at the lice clinic with my entire family there. We, we, we laughed all day. So, um, you know, it's not ideal. <laughs> oh, that's
0: so good. What um, about like, um, okay. So I had, I had a hysterectomy last week, which is was a big last deal. last week. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh! I, I get, know. My best, one of my best friends had a hysterectomy. It's not that is not an easy surgery.
0: No, it. I mean, so mine was done laparoscopically,
1: yeah. Um,
0: and then they pull everything out. Yeah, <laughs> kind of weird. I mean, for me, I think more emotional than anything because you're like saying goodbye to like that part of your life, you know. Yeah. Um. But the reason I bring it up. Is because I am almost embarrassed to say it because I talk to my therapist about this a lot. Like, do I share it or do I not share it um, on social media? Um, like, why is this weighing on me so heavy, whether I share it or not on social media? Okay. Um, and I ended up sharing it. But when I shared it, I was like oh my oversharing is this too personal but I like wanted to share it because I I knew I would get support if I did share it and then I also knew that like I would connect with other people who might be going through something similar and that's always helpful so um I wonder how you feel about those sorts of things like do you ever feel like oh people know too much
1: um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that there's something to be said for the fact that if you're on social media and you have like a public account with some kind of a following behind it, that you are a fucking oversharer. You know, <laughs> like that's just part of your personality. So yeah. I'm going to tell you some shit about my life, whether or not you want to hear it. And you can scroll on if you don't, you know. Totally. Um, but I think that like what I've learned is from sharing a lot and being really open, it's been a super validating experience because people really do appreciate it. I think it's one of those things like um, to have the ability to normalize Uh, certain situations or feelings that people are having and to do it in a funny way. You know, it's not all like dark and dreary all the time. Um, Not that you have to, I mean, you can share, share it completely real and not like, you know, as, as it is at face value. Uh, But I think any of that sharing is a way to help normalize things that people, other people are also going through.
0: Are you, you are the person, you probably, you have so many posts that you probably don't remember this, but I think it was my sister-in-law that sent me one of your posts about like screw gentle parenting or something like that. Do you know which posts I'm talking about? I do. What is it? What do you say?
1: Um, I think it's something along the lines of like, I understand the idea behind gentle (laughs) parenting and why like it sounds great in theory, but then like. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there come, there's a great time and a place for a solid, like a a hefty, like knock that shit off when your kids are going like bonkers, you know? Yes. And it's a joke because I understand that like gentle parenting does not mean like completely lenient parenting or any of that stuff. It's firm. It's still like meant to be firm and stuff, but there's, you know, it's a hot topic on the parenting circuit these days. And, um. I would say that I also, like, I, try, I am a fair-ish parent, but, like, when I want something done or if I want to get a point across, I'm going to get that point across in the moment, however it's going to be. And it's not always going to be a fully controlled um, tone of voice or volume of voice um, because I'm a human. Mm-hmm. So that's just like a normal human reaction. And I want my kids to be able to do the same thing. Like I honestly find it very annoying when people respond calmly and robotically to anything. I'm like, can you just, I'm going to fucking tickle you right now.
0: <laughs> Give me some emotion. Yeah. With this podcast, I've had a lot of those people on my show, like, like gentle parenting genre of people. Okay. Um And if anybody looked inside my house, they would be like, what's she doing talking to those people? You know, Um, (laughs) but I feel like I'm like, okay, if I can just take like two things that I can like weave into what I do, that will be helpful. But it is really exhausting because you see so much of it in your face all the time. And you're just like, I should have done this. I should have done that. And it's just like, oh, my God, can everybody just like shut up and let me you know, like just trust my gut, but that doesn't always work either.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't always work, but nothing always works, you know? So like, you know, what, what is the line from anchorman? Like 60% of the time it works every time (laughs) with his sexy cologne. Um, But, you know, it's just, I think that's, like, another huge part of the takeaway that I hope people get if they're, like, scrolling through one day on my pages. It's just, like, your way is the right way. You know, like, who you are is good enough and what you're doing is great. You know, just stop fucking overthinking everything because there's so much information, so much direction, so much advice out there. It's in our faces every which way we look, especially if you're even on any single parenting page, you know the way your social media account works Mm -hmm. now, the algorithm, it's just going to be shoved down your throat for every other post you see. It's going to be a new thing. I think that can really just cause people to second guess themselves constantly when the truth of the matter is we're all going to end up a little fucked up, you know?
0: It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, okay. One of the things I pulled from your page that I loved, I don't even know what post it is, but you're talking about like, um, sometimes taking on more house tasks and like community things instead of like focusing more on your family. And I think about that all the time when I like commit to something else that's like taking away and I'm like, but I'm not even doing the very best job in like my primary role in life right now. Why am I trying to do this too? And then I'm like half-assing, you know, like I, in our house, um, I'm really bad at food. Like my husband makes dinner most every night. And if I have to make dinner, I stand in the kitchen and I'm like, get like a panic attack unless I've got it like totally planned ahead of time. Um, Can I ask
1: you a question about that? Yeah. I know this is not my podcast. I love it. But (laughs) does your husband work from, from home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause like that could just never work in my house because my husband's not usually home until like seven o'clock at night.
0: Yeah. If he wasn't home till seven, I'd have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He used to work he used to work in the office and he would come home or like six Mm -hmm. and then COVID. Now he's just like, doesn't Mm -hmm. ever go to the office. I mean, he'll go in like once every two weeks or something. Um, but even when he worked in the office, if he was home by six, a lot of nights he would still do the cooking and it was just like, I don't know, but I feel less than a lot because of that. Like my closest friends, they are like, cooking dinner like they're doing all the things and like I know they're not judging me but I do think about that sometimes I'm like oh they probably think must be nice you know um but it's just smoother when he makes the dinner
1: yeah I mean please stop feeling guilty (laughs) for that like that is some crazy residual societal pressure guilt that you're feeling I think and that is just absurd this day and age especially you know with um the majority of households being dual income mm-hmm. households and for the most part the vast majority of those situations even when the, when the women are the breadwinner they're still taking on more of the so thank you for tipping the scale honestly a little in the other direction for all of us normalize that shit that's great my, my husband would do that stuff if he were around he's um, great about being helpful in all situations. He's just also not as good at it as I am because he doesn't do it all day, every day. Mm-hmm. But if he had the opportunity to, he would be.
0: What does he do? He works in
1: finance.
0: Oh, so does my husband. Um,
1: yeah. So he's, uh, we're in the suburbs of New York city. So he gets into the office like by around seven o'clock in the morning. So he's out of here. By, oh, so like, he
0: goes in to the city every day. Yeah, that's he has him. to
1: be there. He's like, that's it's back to the office. Well, see,
0: and that's a whole nother situation because like work going to the office when your office is 20 minutes away is I'm assuming right. his commute is at least an hour every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. Um And that's day. well, we've like really changed our roles a lot since he started. You know, I guess it's been three years now since he's been home. Like I look back to what I was doing before he was working from home and I'm like how did I do that like I don't even know now that I don't do it anymore and my kids are bigger my youngest is four it's like how wait I had a baby a two-year-old a three four-year-old and a six-year-old and like he was never home like what was how did I function I don't know
1: yeah Um, I don't I mean four kids is a lot to function to do any to function in general it's incredible
0: Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Koala Clip for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you are not already running with a Koala Clip, what are you doing? It is the easiest way to take your phone with you on the go. I have three and I often give them as gifts for Christmas for birthday presents. They're super simple, easy, inexpensive gifts to give. And they just clip to the back of your Razorback sports bra. I oftentimes put my ID and a couple dollars in there as well as as my car key if I'm driving somewhere to go run. Super easy to access. I've gotten really used to it. And they are uh, sweat-free, water-resistant. So if you are sweating like a maniac or you are getting wet from the elements outside, you don't have to worry about your phone staying dry because it will. Uh, Trust me, I've used the Koala Clip for many years in many different uh, circumstances with the weather. They also have really cute apparel now as well. I love this sweatshirt that just says runner on it. It is a super soft material. Um, They have really simple styles as well. Last year I got my sister the Grit, Grace and Gratitude sweatshirt, only $31. Go to koalaclip.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order at koala Clip. That's koalaclip.com for 10% off your order at koala Clip. All right, friends. Back to the show. Okay. You've grown this platform. What do you have, like 900,000 followers on Instagram? It's a lot. Know. It's, yeah.
1: 850? I don't know.
0: It's high. Yeah.
1: Seven something. Seven. I don't know. Okay. I actually don't know where it is right
0: now. Okay. So I heard, I've heard you talk about this a little bit on your podcast, um, just like what you want to do and what you want to do with it. And then also just like not necessarily knowing what it's going to end up being, but just like living in what it is. And how do you like go through day by day knowing like I want it to be like something more or a book someday or whatever, but I'm just being right now.
1: Yeah, so I think like at the beginning of this year, I sort of moved on to the next phase of like from just being into really um, doing and sort of solidifying some of the more long term goals for myself. But for a long time, I intentionally waited um, just to continue to just create content, build the platform, have a community, have people kind of get to know me um, that way before launching into anything bigger or different. Um, And, you know, that was partially a luxury that I had because my husband was able to support our um, family financially while I kind of did this stuff on the side, sort of building it. And that's not always the case. A lot of people who are, you know, have Instagram accounts with less followers do a lot of advertising or, you know, affiliate links and that kind of thing. Um, but i just never wanted that to be, um, the type of page that Mm -hmm. I'm running. So I will be doing some brand deals coming up. Um, but because I, because of waiting and that kind of thing, you can do, um, less for more. Mm -hmm. And then other things have like sort of other doors have opened, just through the experience of building the platform and that kind of thing. So it's been honestly like a dream come true. I say that with like so much gratitude um, to be where I am at with all of this because I've always had a goal of making a living and like monetizing, doing something that I really like, love doing. Honestly, it's hilarious to me that I'm able to, (laughs) um, you know, make a job out of having so much fun on Instagram but it's work, you know, like it's every day. I've been like con- consistent and committed to um, building it. So I f- it feels really rewarding and awesome.
0: What does that look like? Because some accounts that grow really big, like you're like, oh my gosh, you can tell that it's like so curated with like the perfect pictures and things like that. And you're like, hey, <laughs> you know, and so like what as far as like committed to growing it, like what does that mean to you?
1: I guess like you mean just in terms of committed to growing a following? Like, yeah,
0: what like is that? you are you thinking of the content every day? You're like, I wanna post a video a day, or like how are you intentionally planning that?
1: Mm, yeah. So so like a lot of the content I would say is kind of like based on a creative moment, you mm. know? So mm-hmm. you kind of have to like work with what the spirit how the spirit's moving you and (laughs) a lot of like my ideas for reels that I make come to me in the middle of the night and I just like jot it down on my (laughs) phone and like you know how you're in that like weird dream like state in the middle of the night and you look at your phone the next day like is this a good idea is this good and then you know you either like develop it or move along um so but I think just like in terms of my commitment to continuing to make an effort to think about what would be funny, what would be, uh, you know, land well with an audience and what I want to share, what I'm inspired to share on a daily basis. So,
0: um, have you ever thought about being in like a writing room? I could see you being like in the writing room at SNL and, uh, Uh. skits.
1: I do like, um, so I'm on a show right now that I started um, filming earlier this year, like a a month ago or something, and it's like a uh, completely independently um, funded show, and it's going to be a web series and stuff like that, and so I'm seeing a little bit of the process of what this is like unfold in real life right now, and I see the, the writing is there, and then I'm like, I couldn't come up with this, like, scene Mm. I don't think in on my own but I could write jokes to put into the scene you know that kind of thing so um I do see that I like I would like to do something like that potentially
0: but okay what about stand-up
1: uh stand-up in theory sounds great, but it's a, it's a grind. Like I can't imagine. Like I have a friend who's a, who does stand up and she's like out in the city a few nights a week, like late. And she's got little kids and, um, at comedy clubs just hustling. And I'm like, I don't think I really want to do that. And then it's also like, do you get discover do you get the netflix special to like make all that time and effort worth your while like you really have to have the passion to want to do it um but hey if netflix was like we'd like to give you a stand-up special i'd be, <laughs> I'd be like well maybe i could write something maybe i could come up with something that
0: maybe um, yeah i could get this together oh my one gosh. hit wonder <laughs> oh my gosh um so what have you like learned over the years about I don't know, just, like, being in this, like, I mean, you're really in the public spotlight doing what you do. Like, you know, the people who make comments that aren't nice and things like that. Like, how do you manage, like, opinions f- flooding into your page? Or do you find that your page is mostly positive comments?
1: Are you asking me what it's like to be a Z-list celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> um. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. Um, I, you know, I would say like 90% plus of the comments mm. that I get are from like a place of support and um, positivity. And then you get like the the trolls that come out here and there. And I really don't give a fuck, to be mm. honest. So, I, I mean, it's it's a process. Like some comments you could be like, what, how, I could defend myself on this or whatever. And then you're just like, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Who cares? You know, it's just much more freeing to not.
0: Well, it's usually people that don't understand humor too. That's why I've always found Twitter to be so hard because you can only fit like so much into a tweet. And Mm -hmm. if people can't like read the undertone or like the humor in it at all, Mm -hmm. it's taken completely out of context and you can just totally be attacked.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, too, like, there is this, like, this thing that sometimes happens now I get from maybe, like, pregnant women or Mm -hmm. um, brand-new moms saying about how, like, scared they are of motherhood because of the way that people who are mothers talk about it and that kind of thing. And I think retrospectively, if if I think back to that time of my life, I kind of thought the same thing or, like, maybe I would say, like, I would never joke about Mm -hmm. these things. Um, So I am, like, there is, like, a, a... tinge of insecurity within me when it comes to that because it's hard to walk the line of being um both honest and have a like a a vibe of positivity about it, you know? Um, so it, I'm trying to like toe that line and I yeah. hope like that the, the overall feeling that people have, at, if they are actually following along and they see me or they listen to me on my stories and stuff like that, is that they know that I'm just like a real mom, um, who is like very loving and hardworking and, um, you know, it kicks my ass, but I just, I'm, you know, adore my children, obviously, as we all do. Um, and I hate that disclaimer because we all do obviously adore our kids, but it's just, I, I think that it's more fun to make fun of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you started staying home when your son was diagnosed with cancer, right?
1: Yeah, I ended up, um, I actually did continue to work like from home for a couple of years after his diagnosis, but then I, I got pregnant and had our third child. And then after our third was born is when I, and my son was going to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I needed to be home when he was going to Mm -hmm. kindergarten because there's too many germs. And if he had a fever, he would need to go straight to the hospital and I would just need to be there, like right there to get him, um, so that was, yeah, um, I, quit, I quit my job at that point.
0: This question might sound weird and I hope it doesn't, but no. um, just thinking about this, like feelings of resentment to your partner, you know, like, oh, you have it you have the easier way because you like get to go to work and like you get home. And I always, you know, like my husband went to the office a couple weeks ago and he came home and he was like ready to go. Like, so, you know, ready to play with everybody. And I'm like, Oh, must be nice to have all that energy. <laughs> um, and when your son was sick, like you're the default parrot that ends mm-hmm. up like being like, I'm the one that's going to make sure that I'm home. And I know a lot of those decisions are based on like who makes more money and whatnot, uh-huh. but Did you struggle with those feelings?
1: Yes and no. I think like, uh, um, so there's, you know, this is another like massive topic in the world of motherhood and everything and just like the value placed on of the role of the stay at home mother and, um, you know, like the importance of taking care of children and that sort of thing um, and how hard it is and how much work it takes and all of that. And that the fact that like, you know, gender how gender roles factor into all of this particularly as it pertains to who is making more money Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing um but and you know like in my case from a completely realistic standpoint my husband was making way more money than me and I was it was way better suited for me to be the one to come to be at home when that time what that period of time happened it would have been an idiotic decision to make any other choice (laughs) (laughs) so um in a lot of ways like I took those as this that this is my job now Mm -hmm. this is my responsibility I'm going to completely take over in this realm and um the I think the thing that makes me feel not resentful about doing so much. And then like, you know, because you hit the weekend and it's still like you're still in mom mode all the time and you're not out of the office. You're in your fucking office all day, every day in the kitchen, wherever it is, and um, planning what everyone's going to be eating through throughout the day and what time things are going to happen and how the schedule is going to run and all of that. And I think my husband always felt like I'm going to let you I don't want to disrupt the Mm -hmm. flow like I'm here to help but I'm I'm not gonna like fully take I feel weird about like fully taking over and stuff I'm like I get that but I also want you to take over in certain things or just say I'm on top of you know weekend dinners or something like that they need direction (laughs) but um his overall like appreciation and respect for me and what I do for the kids and the family and the home is so high and I never felt like I was underappreciated or undervalued in my role and in my partnership with him and how our roles make the family work that I don't really carry that resentment um not to say that I don't have to like sometimes remind him like I want you to pick it up in this department, you know, on the weekend when you can do this, A, B, or C. But he he generally receives that information really well. So, um, but I, I would see if that did not happen in my home, I would be, I would be one angry lady.
0: But I always think about that too, though, because even if our spouse appreciates us and lets us know, I always just feel like that's one of the hardest things about staying home with your kids is that you don't have like, colleagues yeah know? so like when you do do something you don't have someone being like oh that's awesome like thanks for getting that done <laughs> you're just like yeah. putting the peanut butter on the bananas and doing all the things and you're like nobody's telling me a good job or when you get through a really hard situation and you did keep your calm and you did all the things and you're like oh my gosh it worked everybody's happy like I want a promotion for that
1: yeah I want to raise yeah yeah, bonus. Um, yeah, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's life, you know? It's just like, I um, I wish I had a solution for that for moms and stuff, but I think it's just um, the overall valuing and honoring of how difficult, isolating, hard, exhausting, monotonous, boring at the same time it can all be is uh, goes a long way to feel validated in those feelings, right? You just... Everybody wants to be appreciated and acknowledged for the work that they put in. And I think that that's just 99% of the battle.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the boring and the monotonous and, um, my kids are bigger now. So like they're way more self-sufficient. I mean, by the way, are you loving not having babies and toddlers?
1: I, I love it so much. (laughs) I just, it's amazing. It's everything I dreamed about when I became a mom.
0: It's life changing. It really is. Mm -hmm. Um, but when they are little, there are, I remember times where I would just like, I would be so tired and I would have a kid little enough that like, you got to watch them, you know, like they can't just like be in the kitchen by themselves. And I would just like shut us in someone's bedroom and just like lay on the floor and like doze in and out, like kind of fall asleep, but really be awake while people crawled on me thinking like, I'm supposed to be like enjoying this and like loving this and You know, it's always annoying when people who have been there, done that, say, like, oh, you know, it goes so fast. We, like, we know that. We know it goes fast. Um, But there's moments can be so long and so boring. I can't tell you how many baths we took just to, like, pass time, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it gives me like a little bit of the shivers just talking about it because I would really did not fully enjoy that time for so many reasons. Um, but beyond with what we were going through with my son and that being like a scary and difficult time in its own way, it was so much of what was hard about it was just the regular stuff, the Mm -hmm. regular baby and toddler bullshit that you have to deal with. And somebody has got to be there. Um, it just wasn't my forte, it wasn't my forte, it wasn't my jam. And honestly, I shouldn't even say it wasn't my forte, I don't feel like I wasn't good at it, I just didn't love it.
0: Hey friends, I don't know if you know this, but I am a running coach, and I also have training plans available on my website at lindseyhind.com. So if you're looking to train for a half marathon or a marathon, I have 14 week half marathon plans and 18-week marathon plans, from beginner all the way to advanced. They include strength and stretching video routines that you can use to guide you through your training. They also include pace charts if you have a specific goal you wanna reach for the time you wanna run your race in. And these truly go all the way from beginner to beginner to advanced training. I'm pretty conservative on mileage. I'm a big believer in having some balance with your training and your life outside of training. And my goal is for you to always listen to your body during that training. So even if you need a rest day and the schedule has you running six miles, sometimes you just need to take the rest day. Um, I also coach athletes and if you want to learn more about that, you can email me at Lindsay dot com. but I highly, highly encourage you to check out these very detailed, very beautiful training plans at com. Just click on the training plans link and you will find all of them. If you are a beginner, beginner, and you've never run before, I also have 5k plans that are just $10. So check them out at com. All right, friends. Enjoy the rest of the show. Um so I thought we could do something fun, which I didn't prep prep you for, but love, um, it, love a
1: surprise. <laughs> uh
0: we'll start with like when you first became a mom. And I'll I'll play too. What did nobody tell you that you were like, Why did nobody tell me this? I'll go first. I'll let yeah, you think. Okay. I'll, I'm I'll go first with the night sweats.
1: Oh, yeah. No, not one single
0: human told me that I was going to wake up with drenched clothes for like five weeks straight. And I was like, what is wrong with me? So like, why is nobody tell us about that? I don't even think my doctor told me about that.
1: Yeah, these people just forget to tell us all these important memos. I think I would say maybe a tie between the poop, how much poop there is, like with the babies pooping after every feed all the time. I'm like, I have to change this diaper again, like fucking 12 diaper changes at least in a day.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's wild.
1: I felt like I was just a professional diaper changer. The second you
0: change it, they poop again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every time they eat, which is like every friggin' forty-five minutes, sometimes <laughs> like, um, yeah, that, and then the sleep deprivation was just like super painful, um, and I guess I just didn't expect how difficult that part of it was going to be. People didn't like complain about it enough. I feel like,
0: I feel like it's, <laughs> you know, I know I had to like, I obsessed over it so much with my first that I just had to let it go with the. Each child, yes. I let it go a little bit more because I was just like, I have no control over this. And the more I try to control it, the more I just lay in bed wide awake, even when I have the opportunity to sleep.
1: Yeah. I don't know how you did it four times.
0: Well, I mean, you did it three times, so it's yes. essentially like the same thing. Um, I was going to say like the, uh, the poop after you have a baby, like the first poop that you oh have. Oh my
1: God. yeah, So painful.
0: Like they told me, they gave you, they give you Colace, but like, they don't tell you like, you need you to be need really You need to take serious. this. Like. Yeah. And maybe double down on it too. Yeah.
1: Maybe even triple.
0: Yeah. Nobody told <laughs> me about that. It's just super sad.
1: I know. Yeah. That was, a, it's not a bad time.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any others?
1: No, not in that category.
0: Okay. Um, I saw that you interviewed Chelsea Handler
1: mm-hmm
0: was that like whoa?
1: Yeah well, you know, I was a little nervous at first going into the interview because you know she's Chelsea Handler everyone knows who Chelsea Handler is, right um but it was great you know, she was so nice to just like come on the podcast like should, no skin in that game it wasn't gonna do anything for her she just said yes to me and um I just thought it was really cool of her and uh she was funny she was fun to chit chat with
0: sometimes you just gotta swing big and hope they say yes
1: you do yeah why not you know and I also like another thing I think like I need to continue to remember going forward is like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like you have to advocate for things that you want or for yourself in, um, in certain situations, not to be like annoying, you know, but just like, don't be afraid to follow up. Don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to ask, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think, so I have another podcast that's for runners. I interview professional runners and that's like kind of my bigger show. Yeah. And I think I got, like, I like that you said that because I feel like I've gotten a little bit complacent in that show. And I'm just like, okay, the wheel's spinning, like, doing what we're doing. But, like, if you don't swing big, like, continue to swing big like you used to in the early days to get to where you are, Uh like, you will just kind of, like, stay steady. Right. And so that kind of invigorates me to be like, okay, let's start swinging big again.
1: Yeah. Who's your dream, like, runner guest?
0: Oh, my gosh. It's so annoying because... (laughs) I've had this podcast for seven years and I've interviewed like really famous runners, like Olympic medalists, like a lot of people. And, um, I have wanted to get Allison Felix on my show Uh. since like the day I started it. That was like the person I wanted. I just can't get a yes out of her. I just, I Uh. have tried so hard. Um, I just had Sonia Richards Ross on, which I had like in my book, like almost as, you know, like they were like they're equals like as on the track, I shouldn't say almost. Sonia, if you're listening, I don't mean almost. Um, <laughs> I didn't have her on my list from the get-go, though. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so I like that. I like that you said that. And with this show, like, just keep swinging big.
1: Yeah, why not? Like, the worst thing that somebody can say is they can't do it. But
0: So well, you definitely. have the brand, like, you're you're starting to incorporate brand deals. Like, what else are your goals?
1: Um, you know, I think that's where I don't honestly know. Like that I am still just kind of going along on the journey and seeing where um it all takes me. I think like eventually I'd like to get to the point where I have some kind of a business in place built off of mm. this that is uh, monetarily successful on, it own, on its own and that doesn't like depend on Instagram, you know, something separate.
0: What do you do for child care now?
1: Um, I have a babysitter who comes twice a week, two afternoons a week. Um, that's all I do. But I, but like that being said, she's available to help me like in other pinches. If I need her, she's super dependable. She was like our, she was our nanny when I was still working. Mm. Um, so she's been with my family for nine years basically. And, um, anyway, uh, so that's what I do. But now Lukey is going to school. Uh, he stopped napping this year and his school has the option to like add time in like the second half of the day. And because I've been doing so much more work wise, I've added, um, a lot of afternoons for him when I need the extra time and that kind of thing. So sort of school as childcare and my, my, uh, my babysitter who comes two afternoons a week, and she's like, you know, I'm I'm on duty at that time too. I'm like doing drop offs and pickups and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah, that's a really good balance.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice to have somebody who like then I don't have to put Luke in the car for every single, you know, sports practice drop off or pickup or whatever it is.
0: Listen, just wait until, like, you can leave kids home by themselves. Or you might be there with your oldest or close. Yeah,
1: I leave him every now and again for an hour here and there or something like that just if I have to run out.
0: I mean, it is, like, a total game changer. Like,
1: if he were the one to be homesick for the day, it's a completely different situation as if it were Lukey homesick. Like, the rest of the day is canceled, right? If Lukey's home, I'm just home we're just doing nothing. Right. But if he's home, I can pretty much have my day. Yeah. Um, and he's fairly self-sufficient. I mean, I'll, I'll make sure he gets fed.
0: Yeah. Like my son's laying on the couch right now. I'm like, he's fine. Actually. Yeah. If my husband didn't take my four year old to the haircut with him, I was just going to have the sick 10 year old be in charge Baby of the four year old. Make sure he doesn't call.
1: come in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, monitor the food situation or whatever. Throw Um, snacks
1: at it. Snacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have a snack. That's your thing. Yeah. What was the last thing you snacked on?
1: Today, um, I actually haven't had my afternoon snack. I'm going to get a snack after we Mm. finish up this podcast because I had a little bit of a later lunch. And then I actually... Don't know what I'm gonna have for my snack right. Exciting! I might have a miniature uh perfect bar. They're like Mm -hmm. snack size, which Mm -hmm. I really. I'm doing a sponsorship thing with them, and they sent me all of these perfect bars, and I love them. So I've just been snacking on those. Love it. Afternoon, yeah. Maybe a little cup of
0: coffee. Mm. Oh, it's not too late. I don't know. Three o'clock kind of. I go half.
1: I'm half caffer.
0: Yeah. Um. all All right. What do we not know about you? Like from your account, like what kind of music do you like? What kind of books do you like to read? Like who are you outside of being funny on Instagram?
1: Well, it from my account you might know some of the music that I like because I oh, do Oh, I do saw a lot some Aretha on there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she, the queen makes some appearances. Um I like all kinds of music, honestly. I really run the gamut with my musical tastes. Um, it's anywhere from just, like, hip-hop, rap, to, like, alternative, like, indie. You know, mm. just... Both ends of the spectrum there. Um, Books I only listen to. You might Mm. not know that about me because if I start reading them, I immediately fall asleep. Mm. Um, So I like to listen while I'm walking or exercising or something like that. Um, I don't run anymore. I used to run a lot. And now... Why don't you? My knees um, Mm. are messed up. That sucks. So yeah, no more. What that do you for do always. for
0: your exercise?
1: Um, I do all kinds of things. Uh, today I did a workout class with a friend of mine who's just starting up a business and we lifted, um, like we did some supersets and stuff like that. And then, uh, yesterday I rode the Peloton and the day before that I did like a hit circuit with my husband and, I'll, I'll do, or I'll go for a long walk just to walk some days or something like that. So I like to mix it up.
0: Do you get as much satisfaction out of that, that you did from running?
1: Um, well, I think it's actually, it's better for my body to mm-hmm. do, um, more of the weight training than running. I used to just love the freedom of just going for mm-hmm. a run so much and just like, I get, oh, it's such so good for like if I'm feeling anxious or something, just mm-hmm. getting my heart rate high to just sort of meet that physiological reaction, you know, that you have sometimes from anxiety was so great. And then just to have it be able to naturally come down from a run, I can do that on the Peloton as well, mm-hmm. but it's just something about being outside and running free is so nice. You know, you can kind of really um, be in your own headspace during that. And I was, yeah, so I miss, I, I but I really shouldn't do it.
0: So yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, that I sucks. have like
1: no cartilage on my right knee mm-hmm. and stuff, and I tried. I just I'm um, yeah, like not worth it. I hobble around yeah. after I go for a run. It's like bad. I'm, uh-huh. I'm only forty one, so yeah, shouldn't be hobbling yet.
0: I want to start lifting heavy. Like I feel like they always say, as you age, you should start lifting heavier, and
1: yeah. I Apparently, mean, but, it's good for your bone density and stuff. Yeah. You know? um, I've started lifting heavier weights in the last couple of years. I've just like challenged myself to do not even, it's not even like you do, you don't do as many reps, you know? Yeah. But, so it's not like necessarily so much more challenging. It's just a different type of muscle building.
0: I know. So then I feel like I have to do even more cardio though, like on the days if I'm like just lifting heavy with low reps because the higher reps it takes longer. So I feel like I'm getting more of a workout, but
1: I know I think that's a mental thing more yeah. than a physical thing. I think that I used to feel that way all uh-huh. the time. Like if I were, if I, I felt like if I didn't run, then I didn't get a workout yeah. and now I don't run anymore and I definitely am getting workouts. So it's just been a shift.
0: Yeah. We're going to do into podcast questions, but I, one, one last question about your whole like, um, account and just you, uh okay so I cuss all the time Mm. and in front of my kids and it's also weird because like people are really like oh kids can't cuss blah 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 and so when my kids do use potty language I'm like well I can't get mad at them because they heard me say it um but so then I try to talk to them about like okay but like you can't talk like this at school or you know wherever I'm just curious how you handle that messaging with your kids and like do you just drop f-bombs in front of them
1: I handle it, like, the same way that you just were talking about, pretty much. Yeah, um, I don't, you know, I, like, don't purp. Like, I I probably try to curtail my use of F-bombs and stuff in front of my kids, um, but they slip out and stuff like that every now and again. Or, like, I'll be more apt to say, like, if something, like, say, a glass of milk spills all over the kitchen floor, I'll be like, oh, shit, you know? Um, And that will just come out, and I really don't care. And my kids, like, hardly would react to that. Yeah. Um, I've heard them say a couple of swears here and there, and, you know, if it's being fresh, then I tell them not to be fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they're using it, like, correctly, they're a little young, too, still, but, like, as they get older and know how to use those words for emphasis or even in a funny way, then I think i will be fine with it, like, I'm not so much a stickler on that. I'd rather them know where and when, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being able to discern the time and the place is more important than
0: never using it. We had a babysitter the other day that was here for the first time. And she was like, yeah, Sandy's our four-year-old. She's like, he definitely knows the F word. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) 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 I know he does. (laughs) You think I don't know. That is the least of my worries. Yeah. Poor little thing she was like we so we recently ha- uh, got a boy babysitter uh-huh and he's amazing like I can never go back if I really can... because they
1: are they more like playful and yeah like,
0: yeah and just like they think he's so cool and mm-hmm. he has the energy not that girls don't have the energy but like he jumps on the trampoline with them more and just like yeah. is more physically aggressive yeah. like football and all the things and um he also left my house like cleaner than almost any girl babysitter I've ever had.
1: Wow, he's your new unicorn.
0: I'm kind of obsessed. Yeah, we're going to yeah. use him like 2 days a week this summer, but um What was I saying about that? Oh, we I don't know. This this girl that was watching them was like a friend of his cuz he wasn't available. And I was like, "Oh, sweet little you know, precious young little lamb. girl." Yeah. 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 One day you're going to have these babies of your own and they're going to say the F word when they're three <laughs> yeah. and you're going to be like, Oh, okay. oh I
1: get it now. Yeah. I get it now.
0: Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up with into podcast. What's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet. We've kind of covered that with your career a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think just working on the professional stuff.
0: Um, what is the best, most recent, recent book you've listened to?
1: um, the best, most recent, um, well, I'll just, I'll give you my best, my favorite anyway. Okay. Um, it's a book called The Choice. It's a memoir by Dr. Th- Doctor Edith Egger. Um, she is just this like phenomenal older woman. She has an Instagram presence actually. She's a Holocaust survivor and mm. it's her story and just the, the, the pain that she went through and the strength of it all and how just like a beautiful human she is is just it really it still inspires me every her story inspires me every day still so it's called the choice by doctor doctor Edith Egger.
0: Um, is she alive? She's
1: alive. Yeah. Wow. I'll she's got to like, be one so of the last. When she dies, yeah.
0: She's got to be one of the last Holocaust survivors. I know. Wow.
1: Yeah, she's probably right up there with hundred mm-hmm. I think she was like maybe around age 16 when she, okay. she's in her 90s so okay
0: um, yeah wow uh do you have a kid's book you recommend that you're the circus
1: ship I love the circus ship
0: okay yeah um trip or experience you've done with your family that you recommend
1: Mm, I don't really have any of those, um, my, because of, like, my son's health, we, like, really didn't do that many trips and stuff, um, we do rent, uh, we, once he was finished treatment, we started renting, like, a beach house, um, for a week at the end of the summer, um, but honestly, just, I've, I've just been getting so used to and loving just being able to do the normal like, mm. summer activities, like, that they can go to camp and swim in a pool, and, because he wasn't able to do that with his port for so long. So, all of that stuff is just sort of, like, my favorite. We, actually, I shouldn't, I'm I'm not thinking about the winter. We do a lot of skiing with the kids. Oh, you and I do. bitch about going up to the freezing cold <laughs> northeast ski slopes every weekend. Or not every, but a bunch of weekends we did. Um, but it actually was so awesome because it's something to do during those cold winter days on the weekends with your kids and everybody's exhausted after and it's like kinda cozy after you literally like kill yourself trying to get everyone <laughs> out onto the ski slope. But that's my favorite thing that I don't even want to admit that's my favorite because I always like to joke about how much I hate it.
0: I It does seem exhausting. Every time we don't ski, and every time a family goes skiing, I'm like, that seems like a lot of work.
1: It's so much work. It's so much work. But it's I think it's a, actually it's so much work if you only go once or twice. Yeah. You know, like if you go a bunch of times throughout the winter, you get, like, your routine uh-huh. established, and then it becomes actually, like, okay, we know how to do this now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your uh, last message to leave with the audience?
1: Um, I guess I, whenever I get asked that question, I like to just say, like, you know, you do you. Like, you just got to be, don't be afraid to, like, wave your little freak flag sometimes. Be yourself, be honest, and be confident in the way that you do things versus comparing yourself to somebody else.
0: Beautiful. Thanks, Caitlin.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Caitlin, for coming on the podcast. You can find Caitlin on Instagram. She is big time adulting over there. You can find me personally. I am Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram, at Lindsay Hine on Twitter. And you can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks for being here. Have a really great day and we will see you next week on why is everyone yelling?